Software Engineering Radio, episode 104, Plugin Architectures. This is Software Engineering Radio, the podcast for professional developers, on the web at se-radio.net. SE Radio brings you relevant and detailed discussions and interviews on software engineering topics every 10 days. Thanks to our audience and the partners listed on our website for supporting the podcast. So welcome listeners to our new episode on Software Engineering Radio. Um, in this episode, um, we will talk about some architecture uh, stuff. Um, especially in this episode, we will talk about the, um, the architecture style of building applications out of plugins. So the idea of plugins and what is a plugin will be discussed in this episode and uh, on the mic is uh, Martin and um, we have invited a, a guest and um, the guest is Klaus Marquardt and um, I would like to ask Klaus Marquardt to introduce himself. So Klaus, uh, would you introduce yourself? Yeah, hello, welcome. Now thank you for the welcome. Um, my name is Klaus Marquardt. I work for Draeger Medical. That is a company in Lübeck, Germany building life supporting systems like ventilation devices and uh, unlike you might expect um, I have no experience with um, plugins using Eclipse but instead I have extensive experience using plugins in for example medical applications oh, that would be I think uh, quite interesting so I have, I have some experiences using plugins with Eclipse and with some 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 completely different domain so it's um i think we will have fun <laughs> okay um so i think let's let's dive right into the topic right okay mm -hmm. okay so i think that the, the basic first question is um basically what what is a plug-in so everybody talks about plugins, and since eclipse is out everybody say okay everything is a plugin now and and the world consists out of plugins but um so let's let's talk about let's make clear what is a plugin maybe in contrast to add-ons modules components and all those other terms that are flying around so um, what, what do you think what what is a plugin well a plugin is an extension to an application that is intended to be extended so that that was very generic definition um, you have mentioned other terms like modules and modules is probably the most generic term we know in software. A module is pretty much everything that has some boundary. Um, whereas if you look at components, well that is more specific. Um, components are building blocks of some application, but typically components do not know which application they are being made for. And that is the intent behind most components. And the intent um, of plugins is different because they know exactly what applications um, they are made for and vice versa the applications really are defined with um, with the idea of being extensible so if you consider a web browser um, a web browser is defined with the idea of extending for new data formats and new presentation styles and so on um, which is just not a component style way of, of designing an application. Mm -hmm. So 
um, you mentioned uh, the web browser like Firefox or whatever that could be extended um, by plugins and if I think about the the Eclipse idea of building the the whole application out of of, of different platforms it seems like there there's a difference between let's say maybe plugin based applications and um, should we call it extensible applications mm. Well, I'm not sure we use the same wording here. Um, talking about Eclipse, I'd say, well, this this is basically a, a platform for plugins. So Eclipse provides plugin mechanisms. That's the, the core of the idea behind Eclipse. Whereas if you look at, at applications, um, w one famous example is, is the um, Acrobat Reader, or the entire Acrobat program. Actually, the, the idea of the um, Acrobat program was not that it's a platform for some extensible behavior, um, but the idea was that it's, it's a document exchange program and, and a document display program. Um, and, and all the extensibilities, like, well, we can comment on it and so on, are then implemented in the style of plugins. So it's in, in a style, it's more like an add-on. The application is useful even without plugins, and this mm -hmm. also is valid for web browsers. Um, but with plugins or add-ons, you can increase the value for the user. Oh, okay, so you, you say basically that we have um, different kind of, of let's say, plugin-based systems. So we have these, these kind of, of applications that can be used uh, right away as they are, and they their functionality can be extended using some some small plugins that sit on top of those applications um, and that are maybe other kinds of applications or um, you mentioned the term platform or, or let's say maybe maybe it's an, an, a plugin infrastructure that allows you to build um, applications out of plugins is that uh, correct yeah I'd say so I, I've been using plugins with um, industrial automation, so to say. So not just in the medical domain, but also in, in medical laboratories where we had chemical analyzers and they needed a particular communication protocol um, in, in order to convey information about the samples and the patients and so on. And we built a software that um, contacted many different laboratory analyzers. So it was kind of an, an integration system. And the system actually would not have been useful without any plug-in for a chemical analyzer. So it's basically it's an application that is uh, intended to be extensible by plugins, and without the first plugin it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but later on, and this is the nice thing about this kind of um, application, it can be extended, well, for, for years or decades even. Pretty much like an operating system. So when you define an operating system, you also have entry points like device drivers. And you can pretty much add device drivers anytime you like. Whereas an operating system is very generic. And so, so what, what I used in the industrial um, environment is the term driver, actually, to explain the concept of a plugin because when when we did this in the in the early to mid 90s um, the, the term plugin was not used 
very often. So it was a term that was used, but it needed explanation at that time. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, um, everybody is talking about plugins, everybody's using plugins, and everybody has the idea um, that a plugin is something that can extend behavior of an already ex uh, existing system. And can maybe closely integrate it into that system so that fits nicely into the uh, existing uh, other plugins or other applications. Yeah, this is this is an interesting point because what I've seen is that um, we are talking about extension points now, and um, frameworks or or applications that um, make use of plugins that typically offer uh, a variety of extension points. That is, a, a plugin may may come and bring very different things, not just. Um, a description or, or an interpretation ability of some file format, but also some display properties that um, it integrates into existing menus of the application and so on. So we have a lot of areas where we can add behavior to the application. I think uh, you mentioned the, the, the term extension point. I think we, we should come back to that to that point, extension point, in more detail later in this episode because. Um, it sounds like you're 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 using the term extension point as some some kind of concept uh, on, on the conceptual level, and I of course um, think uh, of extension point uh, already in the term of uh, the Eclipse extension point mechanism and stuff like that. So we we should we should definitely discuss this later on maybe. So. Mm -hmm. um, but before we dive into the details of um, how exactly a plugin can extend an existing application using extension point technology or the concept of what is an extension point or stuff like that. Maybe we can we can elaborate a bit more on, on what is a plugin and, and what, what makes a plugin special. So um, you said that um, modules are very, very generic or very general concept in software engineering and components are somehow different and um, plugins or um, Plugins are themselves different from add-ons. Um, maybe even maybe just depending on what kind of application um, is extended. So, um, if I think about these kind of modules, I think the the module has some kind of, of public visible behavior and public visible API maybe, um, and uh, some kind of private stuff. And um, do we have some 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 similar concepts for 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 plugins maybe? Actually, there are there are different flavors of plugins. So when when I use plugins in in the more technical environment, um, I use it to distinct different applications basically. So so there is some application that is comes from the hardware that adds some measurements or yeah me measurements or therapy or whatever, and that goes right through up to the user interface. And the idea behind this kind of plugin is that the plugin provides the entire application, so nothing else needed but this plugin. But the other idea is, and, and that is different in the Eclipse framework, is that plugins do not build upon one each other in, in this domain. And this is two, two very different flavors of plugins. Those plugins that build on top of the framework and other plugins, and those plugins that are 
basically self-contained. Ah, okay. I I, I see a point. I think so. You, you think that there there are plugins that are maybe built to be used by other plugins or um, that extend the the functionality of the system, but can themselves be reused by other plugins. So they provide some kind of API for other plugins, and there are some kind of plugins that are self-contained uh, in the way that they just add some functionality and that's it yeah <laughs> that's that's the key point and if you look at um well we we do embedded software systems basically and there it is important that um, some team who has the the deep knowledge of for example how to do a ventilation um, the, the knowledge about how best to present this to the user is typically also contained in this team or in that same part of the organization. So what, what we do is we um, split the teams and the, the organization into those application knowledge domains. And there we also have the architectural concepts of saying, okay, we provide an infrastructure where you can add all your knowledge contribute all your knowledge to the overall system that is integrated later on um, and you can do it without interference from any other team. Whereas in the Eclipse framework the idea is different. Um, people provide plugins and other people say oh wow this is great I can use it and they build more plugins on top of this and in the end you get a, a, a fine IDE environment um, everything that you need um, with kind of all the collective knowledge that has been gathered over years which is a different approach also widely successful <laughs> um, but the the underlying technology is, is about the same that is you have extensible applications mm hmm okay so Maybe maybe let's go more more into the details how those plugin techniques how they work. Um, so how do how do these typical plugin technologies how do they work? What what existing technologies are there? So uh, I think we we have to mention somehow OSGI as as one kind of of of, of technical foundation for for building plugins for for applications maybe they're, they're self-implemented um, techniques so what have you seen so for for the technology the underlying technology um, to me it is important that we have an installation mechanism um, that the the plugin provider can use and that we have um, a, a kind of well, I'd say inversion of control, because that's a newly coined term, but it has been there all the time. Um, that is, whoever develops an application um, prepares that plugins are installed at, at startup time or at runtime, um, and it has, it has a kind of registry where it looks for what kind of plugins are there, and then deploys them, makes them run without exactly knowing what exactly it is because that, that would be yeah inverting the entire idea of a, of a plugin because the application must not depend on a particular plugin it may depend 
on the fact that there are plugins, uh, but it must not depend on a particular one. Okay, so what you're basically saying is, if, if I understand that correctly, is that you somehow need a kind of, of plugin infrastructure that helps you to to discover plugins, which plugins are available, which plugins are installed, um, that, that lets the application find those plugins and um, at least use those plugins, right? Because they, the application should not know or the, the basic infrastructure should not know which plugins are exactly installed, but should be able to discover them maybe at startup time or at runtime. Is that correct? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, um, so, and I think OSGI is, is one of those, those infrastructures for for plugins. So OSGI helps you to, to discover, in this case for Java, uh, to discover plugins, to, to load and unload them dynamically. Um, and this is exactly the runtime that is used by the Eclipse um, Eclipse platform. Um, wow, great. <laughs> um, with the more proprietary platforms, oh, applications that, that I've built and used, um, we also define the life cycle of plugins. And then, then a very interesting point comes in, because what we see is that the life cycle of plugins really depends on individual plugin portions. So, so plugin does not come just by itself, but there's a, uh, there's a whole package included. What do I mean by that? If an application um, kind of um, scans the registry at startup, it will find there is a number of plugins installed. Um, but depending on the purpose of the application, it does not necessarily start all these at once. But it may offer some of these to the user. And for this you need things like uh, a name and an icon and maybe some, some help text um, that really come with the plugin package. But this is not exactly the plugin that is that does not fulfill the functionality yet. So this is more more some some kind of, of declarative metadata. <laughs> yeah, you could you could call it that way. Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it may also include a nice photo of of some component that you want to control using that plugin. Um, so, so there could be much involved in there. Not necessarily active software. Mm -hmm. So in the in the OSGI world, this would be the the, the manifest file, where where the, the the name of the plugin is there, and and some 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 more information about this plugin, where this comes from, and and what version of the plugin uh, is meant by by this deployable unit. Mm -hmm. Okay, sounds like this is the exact analogy. Okay, um, I think um, if we talk about this this declarative metadata and that the plugins have a life cycle so they can I think for me a life cycle means they can be installed and uninstalled at runtime um, they can be maybe updated at runtime they can be started and stopped and stuff like that um, does it sound, uh, sound similar to, to, to your uh, experiences? Um, what I've seen is that there are um, different state machines so typically more than one. The one that controls the lifecycle that you describe is always included. But for those in industrial systems, embedded systems that um, I've been working with, um, we also have another lifecycle, and that is that of the communication state. And both lifecycles interfere. So you could say the, the communication state is a substate to the overall plugin lifecycle. 
So what do you exactly mean by communication state? That sounds interesting. <laughs> well, if you if you have a laboratory environment and you have components that come and go, then your plugins need to react somehow. Yeah? And um, depending on the application, you need to react differently. So if you have an environment where you want to um, change settings for some component that isn't present at the very moment, then this GUI portion of the plugin has a different life cycle than that portion of the plugin that does the um, communications via some network protocol. Okay, and you mean that, uh, or, or does this mean as well that um, if I write a plugin and I'm using maybe 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 some other plugins or some some communication implementations stuff like that, um, that um, the basic plugin infrastructure should notify me somehow if another plugin comes in and then is gets started and gets gets stopped so that I can react to those. Um, other plugins coming in, coming in, and, and going away. Yeah, there is always this this moment to some degree, and again there are differences. So maybe we're focusing a bit too much on on this this technical domain. It just happens to be the case that I'm familiar with that. Um, and and what these systems typically have is is a detection mechanism of what kind of um, pluggable components that the user plugs, and this is typically um, external devices. What, what kind of components comes in uh, and leaves? Um, so, so there is always some some kind of detection going on. But this is a different detection than what the application does at startup, because there it scans the the registration for what is the actual superset of plugins and so to say of externally um, connected components that I can deal with in total. And we have very little um, user interaction on that level because that's basically an, an, a um, topic of installation and the user does not always install in, in the technical domain. Um, but the user plugs together the system and the software then reacts and says, okay, well we have this plugin lifecycle and the overall plugin lifecycle has said, yes, I'm loaded, I'm waiting for something to happen. And then we, we come to the communication lifecycle, meaning now there is something present and now we start to do the the communication, the presentation and, and the entire application lo logic that is associated with that plugin. So okay Martin, now now I've told you a bit or maybe a bit more about this, this technical domain and well I'd like to hear how how is it using Eclipse? I think um, using Eclipse, um, you have this this the view of the world is that the world consists out of plugins, so everything is built out of of plugins. So if you have very very minimal plugin infrastructure, um, and therefore they use the OSGI um, for as a as a Java plugin infrastructure um, that is I think widely used for for maybe even technical systems. Um, so it, it came out of the embedded world. And uh, I think we, we, we have a, a special episode on OSGI. Um, so listen to that episode to get get a more detailed view on what is OSGI exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, so, so some advertisement for other episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but let's uh, no, but I think 
in in Eclipse, um, you have this the, the view of the world is you have uh, plugins and plugins provide um, functionality, and plugins can be extended by other plugins. So you have this this idea of building plugins on top of other plugins on top of other plugins, and for this, um, let's say extensibility, you have basically two two mechanisms. So you can just use other plugins. I can just say I, I would like to use the functionality or the implementations or the types of, of another plugin. Um, this is the direct use relationship or you can inherit from types there or um, all those those let's say basic object oriented mechanisms um, just by splitting up the application into smaller smaller parts and you can find the, the dependencies between those parts. And the other mechanism is that you have, um, or that you make your your plugin extensible. So that is, I think, what what you mentioned at the beginning, that you define the application to be extensible and to just make sense if the application is extended. Um, and this is realized in the Eclipse world um, by the extension point mechanism. So you build a plugin and you say, okay, um, this is my plugin and my plugin should be extensible. For example, um, I am the workbench and uh, I have a menu called a refactor um, and this menu should be extensible. So I provide an, an extension point, I as the implementation of, of the workbench and the menu refactor, for example, uh, I say I am extensible and you can extend the, the menu and you have to you can plug yourself into uh, into my workbench menu um, by giving me some information some implementation and, and those things and what what I what I define or what I tell the world is I am extensible this is called the extension point um, so I say I have an extension point. You can plug yourself into my uh, my extension point. You can extend my implementation, my plugin, myself. Um, so other plugins can uh, can can come in and can extend this menu item by providing an extension to this extension point. So this um, is I think similar to this kind of inversion of control stuff where you do not say okay my workbench and my menu knows all the different menu items but say okay I have a menu and you can extend this menu by providing an implementation of a menu item um, together with some decorative metadata or stuff like that and so another plugin can come in and say okay I have an implementation I would like to say uh, I implement the uh, generify refactoring and I will would like to plug this into this menu. Um, so I implement a, a plugin and I say, okay, I provide an extension to this extension point. So I plug my menu item exactly into this menu um, in the workbench uh, refactor menu. So this is, um, I think, the basic idea of, of extension points um, in Eclipse and um, and those can be used uh, all over the place and and the, the basic idea is that the whole application is built out of those plugins and that i can say okay i would like to 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 add an, a menu item called generify and i offer myself an extension point to say okay uh, i i implement this this menu 
uh, action generify but there might be different different algorithms to use to to generify stuff in in, in java code and uh, so i provide an extension point for myself say okay if other people find more interesting ways to 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 generify java code they can plug their algorithm implementations into my menu item generify um, so my menu item itself is going to be extensible and and so on so it's it's recursively somehow uh, so every plugin can be extensible so and this i think allows me to build really really interesting architectures I think you, 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 if you start about thinking your application in terms of plugins instead of thinking about um, be extensible or be uh, a huge monolithic application or maybe a, maybe even a componentized application, then I start to think of which parts of my application are designed to be extensible for the future. Um, and I think this is this is quite similar to what 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 you said before. That in 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 your more technical domain you have these these applications and they those applications they are built for extensibility. And you can implement for you mentioned different algorithms, um, and they can even maybe maybe ten years later they can be plugged into the system because the system is designed to be extensible. And um, I think this fits nicely into this this view of uh, building extensible applications, and and incremental incrementally grow those applications so you can start small design a very very small set a very very small application split this application into different into smaller parts and say okay this application is extensible and now maybe other team members or other teams can extend this application um, and add functionality and they can even say okay our parts are extensible uh, as well so those applications can can grow over time, and I think this is a very very interesting um, characteristic, or maybe an interesting uh, feature of of, of plugin-based applications. Uh, they can be grown over time. Um, fits nice into this kind of of agile, adding stuff to an existing running system, and, and I think it, it it helps you to to think about your systems, not not just a technical a technical perspective on how to how to modularize or how to split up your system into different parts it helps you think about how to how to design your system i think what what, what do you right what you describe is a is a very fascinating thought um, because the systems really grow over time over generations maybe even um, and you cannot really foresee in the in the very start where we will end and this is this is a very interesting thought because you do not need a master plan in the first place. On the other hand, when, when I talk about yeah, life supporting system, I say, well, we really need to know what's going on in that system. So um, I'd, I'd be more restrictive in that domain, which is, I think, a natural thing to do. So. Um, when I talk about extension points, we pretty much know in advance what will be extended there. And all the software that, that goes to a life-supporting system will be controlled um, 
by our internal mechanisms. And actually we build all these plugins in within our company. Um, but the idea is really not to not to restrict people um, in in their ideas and in their knowledge, um, but more to um, make sure that everything that goes on in the system really fits together well. And so the concept is not exactly as open as as you describe it for the Eclipse platform. So you have some some kind of, of guidelines or some kind of, of quality of service agreement or, or um, a safety level or whatever, some, some kind of contract between um, the extensible part of the application and the extension, the, the, the plugins? Yeah, we have. Um, and, and it's fairly detailed. We could do an entire episode out of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but but to make it very brief, the the contract contains um, entry points like I, I want to add to the um, number of values that we can display. I want to add to the waveforms we can display. I want to add to the trending behavior. I want to add to the um, alarm intelligence that we have in place. I want to add to well whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But but all these points are known by the application, so we do not have plugins that build on top of one each one another. Um, but we have applications that define where plugins could fit in. Mm -hmm. But but you cannot build build plugins that uh, that, that that provide themselves new entry points. We could, of course. That's that's not a technical problem. Um, mm -hmm. But but now we're coming to okay how are the relations between those those different teams that we have mm -hmm. um, because plugins for me is a, is a vehicle to separate teams so we really have a, um, um, so to say a separation of concern mm -hmm. but no longer on on a very technical level because that is limiting. If, if you have separations of concerns and you say, well, one is the network developer and another one is the database developer and the third one is the GUI developer, then we kind of have very little room for, um, for integrating the application because then we have to merge all these concerns all of a sudden. So the, the idea is to, to split the teams in, in a different way and that is per... Um, application or per plugin, so to say. Um, so a plugin is is a way to um, slice applications differently um, than we know it from the layered architecture. The layered architecture slices in terms of different technology that mm -hmm. we use, whereas plugins really can slice and are, are cuts in the other dimension. They slice um, per application or per part of the application. And they cut through all the technical domains. And typically, in in a in a system, you need to have both, in some way or another. So you can build this kind of a matrix, um, technical versus application, um, and you need to fill all the fields within this matrix. But the interesting point is how how do you organize? Who shall work together? And what is your main focus? And what I found is that the main focus on the application really brings you forward much quicker um, than when you have 
so to say, an, uh, a database or network team, and they are really top-notch, and they are the fastest in the world, but nobody needs what they build. <laughs> and we only find out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think... Um, I think you mentioned a, a quite interesting, quite interesting architectural characteristic of those plug-in-based systems. Because if I think uh, about plug-in-based systems, uh, or more or less about architectural styles or architectural um, categorizations, uh, I always think about this is kind of of layering, these kind of uh, you have persistence layer and uh, logic layer and UI layer and, and, and all those those different layers, and that. The, the idea of plugins is somehow orthogonal um, to those layers. So in, in plugin-based systems that I build, uh, we often use those, those layers as, as ideas. So we separate persistence from logic, from UI, and then maybe some, some, some more layers. Um, and orthogonal to this separation, we build plugins for different, um, let's say, functional parts or domain parts of the system. So um, we end up with having in, in this this matrix um, uh, the, the the boxes in this matrix where somehow the plugins. So we have a plugin for let's say the the, the persistence for a specific uh, part of the system. We have a plugin for for the logic of a of the same part of the system, and we have a different plugin for the presentation of the system, um, and so on. So, but, but all um, these plugins only make sense together, right? Yeah, definitely. So they, they in, in this case, uh, of course, the UI layer um, plugin of part A of the system will use the logic layer of part A of the system and, and this plugin and will use the, the, the plugin for the persistence for, for part A of the system. Mm. Yeah, and so what, what we do is we package all these together. And say, well, this is well, we call it one plugin or, or a plugin package in the end. Um, but this may be just a terminology. Um, but the important thing is that that we also scale the organization that way. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it's similar, somewhat similar to in in, in the Eclipse world to the term uh, feature. So they they have a set of plugins basically is a feature, and you can install a feature. And uh, a feature consists of a set of plugins. So if I say I would like to add uh, accounting management to my to my banking system, I would add maybe mm, some 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 persistence plugins, some some domain logic plugins, some UI presentation plugins, and and this this package um, that is this is, is is cut on the on the on the domain on the domain level. Um, is is called feature. So is is this similar to what what you what you mentioned with the plugin package? Yeah, that's exactly the same concept. Okay, so it's a. Uh, it seems to me like uh, the Eclipse world they use the, maybe different names, um, but it's, uh, it's uh, it seems like uh, maybe all all the same concepts, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, old stuff, and, and that's <laughs> old stuff, so to say. Yeah, we we've been there in in the late nineties, um, and actually, I I have written a paper, patterns paper back then, um, and 
patents always imply that it's no innovation by just one company, but that it's concepts well known in the industry already. Oh. So plugins are really not not particularly new. <laughs> yeah, we we can we can we can put put a link to 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 your paper into the show notes. Oh sure, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah uh, people can read the, those those patterns, um, or or any any other material from from uh, from the late nineties. You said so. Uh, why not? Interesting stuff. Um, and. Just be sure to also add more recent links to what's going on in the Eclipse world. Sure, sure, definitely. Yeah, we will, we will, we will do this. Um, what I think um, is is interesting about plugin systems as well is um, that they could help me to to scale the system. So if I think about this um, this idea of of the Eclipse platform, so I have an IDE platform and I have a Java IDE built on top of this platform. And this Java IDE is a platform itself for building more specific Java IDE stuff for for J2EE or stuff like that. And there there are some some more advanced IDEs, the uh, WTP toolkit or whatever that are built on top of this platform, adding more and more plugins. Um, so my system ends up maybe consisting out of thousands, maybe even thousands of plugins. Um, well, could be hard to configure actually. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's 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 for me it's always a challenge to configure my Eclipse IDE the the way that I like. But um, I think what 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 makes the Eclipse platform or the Eclipse plugin infrastructure interesting is that even if you have installed 5,000 or 10,000 plugins into your system, it does not slow down at startup time. It does not slow down at runtime. Um, it just activates those plugins that are actually used during my session. So if I start my MyDE and I say, oh, today I'm not interested in EGB at all. Uh, okay, so by the way, I, 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 I've never been interested in EGB at all, but um, if, if, if I'm, I'm not using the EGB features of, of, my, uh, of my WTP um, plugin installation, um, those classes are never loaded into the system. Those uh, UI elements are never activated. Those perspectives are never uh, do never consume any memory and stuff like that. So, uh, so my system can 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 stay pretty pretty small in memory, and can 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 be healthy somehow um, because those plugins are not activated. So it would be different if if all those ten thousand plugins would be activated. And, and classes are loaded and, and, and caches are instantiated and, and, and filled with uh, some, some values or whatever at startup time. So maybe I can, I would just need to start my IDE in the morning to work in the afternoon. Uh, and that, that's not the case. And I think it's, it's a benefit you gain from, from the plugin architecture and the extension point mechanism that is built into the Eclipse platform. And it, just as one example of uh, of plugin infrastructure. So w what you just show is that the user may select a subset of functionality, and um, the the trade-off is that you have the selected functionality quicker in place for for your convenience of usage, um, but that later on you can have all the functionality. You just have to wait then, or potentially have to wait then. And this resembles pretty much what, what web browsers do as well. 
So the, the flash plugin is typically not loaded before it's really needed. And then when it's needed, there's even a selection process. Like, do you want to start flash now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, plugins really offer um, interesting alternatives where the user may select things or may choose not to use a, a particular plugin. And I'm just thinking about those thousands and, and millions of plugins and how they all interrelate. Maybe it's it's worth mentioning that um, in in those systems that that I've architected or helped architecting, um, that we have actually different plugins. Um, different plugins meaning well, of course, all plugins are different, but we have um, from the application um, foreseen different kinds of plugins. So one, those that that slice the application. As, as I've told you. But then we also have places for plugins that integrate other plugins as well. But these are um, explicitly called integration plugins. And with these plugins we have the ability to also address or, or access other plugins that are already there. So this is kind of the um, the 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 product creating plugin. There's suddenly some place where we know everything that's going on in the system, and where we can access um, private information of plugins that the core of the application is not aware of. And this is really an an important thing to add value to the system, because that's that's where the interesting stuff is going on. <laughs> Okay, I see. So, uh, I think that you typically in those applications you have different, let's say, maybe flavors or different kinds of, of, of plugins. Yeah, different kinds of plugins, yeah. Yeah, or, or types, so to say. It's, it's actually, it, it on a very large scale, it resembles a type system. But that's really a very large scale. <laughs> okay, <laughs> maybe maybe too uh, too high level for our episode today, right? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. May we well, what 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 we what we are about, uh, what, what what a lot of things are about in software engineering, is um, raising the level of abstraction yeah. that we deal with, and and by this by this being more more powerful yeah that's that's a pr famous proverb i i know it um, <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand we know that our um ability to envision applications will always exceed our ability to implement them it's <laughs> <So laughs> yeah. also the case right that's correct yeah, yeah. And, it was Grady Booch who said that. So. Yeah, <laughs> we, had a, we had an interview with Grady Booch, I, but I don't know if he mentioned that uh, in the interview. I don't think so, but uh, maybe we can ask him. Um, so to 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 wrap up somehow this episode, I think um, maybe we can we can collect some some ideas and and some some um, let's say some 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 guidelines or some guidance. Uh, when should I use plugins and why should I use plugins? So, are there typical are there typical situations where you would say in this situation I would use a, 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 I would introduce a plugin infrastructure 
and I will split up the application into different plugins and uh, maybe some some ideas. Well, I'm inclined to to use them all over the place, and I I just wonder why that is. And I think one of the reasons that we have not mentioned yet is that they also help you to to focus to focus on what is important about the application you build and what is optional mm -hmm. and you can easily factor out all those things that are optional by saying oh, I, I'll put them into a plugin sometime ah, I see yeah I think I, I observed a, a pretty pretty similar stuff in, in one of my projects where we built a, a platform a plugin-based platform for, for insurance applications. And um, by adding more and more applications on top of this platform, we observed that we have to make more and more things of the platform optional. So we extracted them out of the platform and putting them, and we, we put them into separate plugins that can be used um, or can be not used. Um, just depending on the application you would like to build on this platform. So, um, yeah, I think I observed a pretty similar, pretty similar thing. So, when would you not use plugins then? Well, that's a that's a tough question for me <laughs> because I think I think pretty pretty similar the way the way you think because uh, I would like to use OSGI and, and plugin based stuff all 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 the time. I will never implement. Uh, I, I would like to never implement a, a largest Java system without plugins. But um, if you ask me that way, um, maybe I would think if I if I would build um, very 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 small systems, uh, maybe just consisting of a few classes, uh, maybe. Uh, few small classes so maybe you can you can even implement a huge system out of five classes but and those classes are pretty huge um <laughs> I, i've seen systems like that so please don't <laughs> remind me <laughs> okay so uh, so I, I mean let's say five classes and and very 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 few few methods and lines of code whatever so very very, very small systems I, i'm not sure if i i would i would uh, use the 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 huge overhead not the huge, the whole overhead of, of a plugin infrastructure um, for that kind of systems. But um, typically, those plugin infrastructures they're they're small, they're lightweight, they're they're fast. So the OSGI example um, is an example for a very small small plugin infrastructure. You can even use those plugin infrastructure on, on a cell phone or on um, other embedded devices, and uh, maybe even on a Java chip or whatever. So, um, so it's 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 even useful for those those small memory limited, uh, performance limited uh, environments. So, mm. yeah, maybe it's a it's a matter of um, the um, overhead involved um, to make a plugin structure work compared to the overall overhead of the project. So, if it's more than a few percent, it's probably not worth it. But do you think it's 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 a lot of overhead to to introduce the plugin infrastructure? Um, it's it's a lot of overhead. Well, depending on your project size, um, but the overhead is not to to use the infrastructure of plugins, but to really make up your mind of 
what shall be extensible and what shall not be extensible and what could be optional and so on. So if you have sufficiently small applications, um, you just are not concerned about all this. I see. So we haven't talked about about this at all, but I think it's an interesting topic to think about. Uh, we said that the applications, they need to be uh, designed to be extensible. Um, so does this mean to do a, a lot of, of upfront design to make those systems extensible um, or, or may, maybe not? I know from the Eclipse team that they built those kind of extension points uh, and those are those points that makes an application extensible. Uh, they build those extension points only if they have a client that actually uses this extension point right away. So they, they do not build those uh, extension points up front just by thinking of this could be a very, very, very nice uh, point to be extensible. They say, okay, we, we actually, we already have a client that ask for this extensibility and then we provide this extensibility and not upfront. Uh, it's slightly different in the world where, where I work, um, but not so much because um, the domain knowledge is there and the domain knowledge also says um, where um, a product needs to be extensible for a particular application. So it's, it's well known. Yeah? Um, but then we do it via big design up front. Um, but this is this is not really something that takes years. <laughs> um, be, because all the developers familiar with the domain are immediately familiar with the extension points and why they are there. Mm. Um, but the, the difference is is maybe in the evolution of what's going on. Um, because what, what you describe works probably best if um, somebody who says, well, this is a very useful plugin and I would like to extend it, somehow can either approach the, the initial um, producer of that plugin, the developer, or if he could actually change the plugin because it's open source. Mm -hmm. um, because then the, the extension points that are missing can easily be added. And and this this will make for very powerful architectures actually. Okay, I think there 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 are a lot of lot of more questions uh, coming up right now. Maybe because of <laughs> of, of uh, what means extensibility, the evolution of those uh, platforms of APIs and stuff like that. But maybe it's a bit a bit too much for this episode. We can we can discuss this in in a future episode maybe. So it was a a long wrap up and. Um, so would you like to 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 add something at at the end some some kind of a, some pearls of wisdom uh some pearls of wisdom <laughs> well um don't be afraid if you cannot make use of the eclipse framework it's still possible to do plugins and it's worth it great so klaus thank you very very much for this for this episode and for being uh, being on the show and uh, hope to hear you soon again yeah that was great fun thank you very much Mark. thank you thanks for listening to software engineering radio if you want more information about the podcast and all the other episodes visit our website at se-radio.net 
If you want to support us, you can donate to the SE Radio team via the website or you can advertise for SE Radio, for example, by clicking on the Dick Reddit Delicious and Slashdot buttons. To contact the team, please send email to team at sceradio.net or if it's specific to an episode, please use the comments facility on the website so other people can read and react to your comments. This episode of Software Engineering Radio, as well as all other episodes, are licensed under a Creative Commons license. Please see the website for details. Thanks to Charlie Crow and the Podsafe Music Network for the music used in this show. The song is called Vegas Hard Rock Shuffle. <laughs>